evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. I am Bryson Carver. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, 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 listen, I'm going to try and put together a show. I'm going to try and, and, and keep my thoughts uh, or give you my thoughts as, as concise and, and, and spit these fire takes to the best of my ability. But my Lord, what a game. I mean, listen, I said coming into the week that, or the last couple of weeks, that when you get the best quarterback in the league against the best roster of the league, those end up being the best Super Bowls. That's one of my better takes of my life because holy crap, what a game. We're going to break all of it down. We're going to talk Kyle Shanahan. Why blaming Kyle Shanahan to me is an idiotic take. I'll get to that in about 15 minutes or so. Also getting get into Brock Purdy, really evaluate his performance and what I thought about that in terms of just from start to finish, like great start. Solid finish in between. Eh. Talk about Brock Purdy later in the show and the context really behind uh, his performance last night against the Chiefs. Also going to get into the controversy between Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. I know there's a lot of a lot of fuss about that. Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid on the sideline. I'll discuss that. Ryan Flowers will be stopping by at the top of the hour at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Very excited to hear his thoughts. He's the host of Clutch Sports Talk here on the Grid Network every single Sunday I know for him and for I and for you, I'm sure watching and listening, it's a bittersweet day the Super Bowl is because often we get the best game of the year, but that's also the only game we get for another seven months. So it's bittersweet, but listen, they 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 finish us off the bang. End of the show, I, I will have to say, after I get uh, me, me and Ryan uh, get through and excited to hear his thoughts, a little Taylor Swift, uh, gonna, a little, little Taylor Swift talk for the show. What do you think? I'm going to not include the most famous woman in the world who happens to be dating the second best player on the team. Are you kidding me? Very excited about that. But first, there's only one way to start. And you can talk about a lot of things with the Kansas City Chiefs, who are now Super Bowl champions for the third time in the last five years. And they go back to back, the first team to do so since the 03 and 04 New England Patriots. You can talk about an Andy Reid who is one of the most brilliant offensive play designers in the game. He is as good as they come. Probably the best coach in football. I would certainly argue that. You can talk about a Travis Kelsey. We'll talk about him and his instant with Reid later in the show. One uh, one target for one catch and one yard early on. Goes crazy in the second half. Leads the team in receiving. Makes every big catch down the stretch those last few drives. You think you could talk about that Kansas City defense, which every single time down in the red zone, on these big third downs, Steve Spagnolo. Great defensive coordinator, right? Having the Niners players, uh, I'm sorry, the Chiefs players in position to get ready to go, make these big third down stops. Kansas City defense was great. Couple of takeaways, or the defense got one takeaway, special teams got another. You could talk about a lot of factors with the Kansas City Chiefs. Coach, GM putting this roster together, doing so in part due to the Tyree Kill trade uh, back in 2022. Brett Veach has done a fantastic job with this Chiefs organization. Smart, great offensive coach. All-time great tight end, Travis Kelsey. Great weapon. But here's the thing, though. A lot of Kansas City's qualities, San Francisco is the same. Brilliant. I'll talk about Kyle Shanahan later. Brilliant, young, offensive play caller. Loaded offense. Kansas City can't say that. But great playmakers with Ayuk and, and Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, Jawan Jennings. How about Jawan Jennings? Go Vols. A touchdown pass and a touchdown reception. Very excited to see uh, what he did during that game. Great defense, loaded across the board. Great defensive coordinator. Steve Wilkes did a great job of this group. Kansas City and, and, and San Francisco, very similar in a lot of ways. Except for one. And this is not a shot at Brock Purdy. I swear to you, this is a praise 
of the man, the myth, the legend himself. His name's Patrick Mahomes. Maybe you've heard of him, and he has simply put, I'm going to go back on a take I said last week. I didn't think I'd put him here, but you know what? Here we are, and I'm going to do it. The second greatest quarterback of all time. He's definitely moved past Manning. I have Manning at third. Um, I have Mahomes at fourth coming in this week. I said he was going to move past Manning with the win. He's got to move past Montana. This can't just be a count the rings type of argument. I've argued that for years with LeBron and Jordan, right? Because what Patrick Mahomes has done is he's made us look at other quarterbacks around the league as lesser than. Josh Allen is a remarkable talent. Can't get through Mahomes. Now, part of the reason people think I'm a Josh Allen hater, I'm like, no, he's just not Mahomes. Mahomes has outplayed him every single time and beaten him every single time in the postseason. Josh Allen's awesome. Not that guy in Kansas City. Lamar Jackson. Just won a second MVP last week, and deservedly so. Almost won it unanimously. Again, remarkable athlete. Can do all these things, and he's not Mahomes. And, and, and Joe Burrow, deadly accurate thrower, great in the pocket, can move a little, somewhat you know, physically compromised to a certain degree. Beat Mahomes in the playoffs back in 2022. He's not Patrick either, and then we start to go down the list. I love Trevor coming in this year. Yeah, he ain't Mahomes. I love Dak more than most. He's not Mahomes either. CJ Stroud's coming, not Mahomes. It's very, very similar to Michael Jordan in the 90s. You had all-time greats in the 90s. Not as many as in the 80s, but great players. You had Charles Barkley. You had Patrick Ewing. John Stockton, Carl Malone, Reggie Miller. For some odd reason, some, not myself, look at those guys as, yeah, great, but couldn't win a ring. Yeah, because they ran to number 23 in Chicago. That's why they didn't win a ring. When you run into number 15 in Kansas City, you, in a year where Mahomes' receiving core was the weakest it has been since he's been in Kansas City, in a year where Travis Kelsey looks more vulnerable from an on-field production standpoint as he has at any point in his now 11-year career, in a year where Kansas City had to go on the road, all of those components, you still have to play perfect to beat this guy. Brock Purdy, talk about him later in the show, didn't turn the ball over. Brock Purdy was fine yesterday. It didn't make any big mistakes. Uh, you know, Yes, they had the special teams gaffe, uh, the, the fumble by McCaffrey the first try, but Kansas City didn't, didn't take advantage of that takeaway early in the game. You have to play perfectly against this guy. And the only other comparison is Brady. And listen, Mahomes is a ways away from catching Tom. Tom, the gap between Tom and everybody else in the GOAT discussion by the time Tom retired, huge. But Mahomes is undoubtedly closing it. And I'll talk about an area where Mahomes has eclipsed Brady undeniably in just a second. But I've read this stat over and over over the last few weeks as the Chiefs have stacked up playoff win after playoff win. But we can show it now, and we, we don't have to show this again until January of 2025. Mahomes' playoff numbers are silly. Okay, this is Mahomes in the playoffs all time. I'll read the graphic off of the podcast audience. He's 15-3. and three. He's already got the third most wins in playoff history. If he wins, we're going to assume he's in the AFC title game because, you know, he always gets there every single season that he's been the Kansas City Chiefs starter. So if he gets one more win next year, he'll tie Joe Montana for second all-time in playoff wins with 16. Now, Brady's got 35. So, again, Mahomes has a ways to catch Tom. But Mahomes has won 83% of his playoff games, first all-time. Accounts for 314 yards per game. 
first all time. He has a 41 to 8 touchdown to interception ratio in the playoffs. That's first all time. A pass rating of 105.8. That's first all time. He completes basically 68% of his passes. Also first all time. I've compared his regular season. We don't have the graphic today, but I've compared his regular season numbers to his playoff numbers with great players. Oftentimes, we're like, hey, can you maintain your level of greatness once the postseason comes around? Patrick Mahomes, it's like the Simon Cowell. Remember Simon Cowell would say, I don't like it. And there'll be this, oh my gosh. And he'd wait for everything to calm down. I love it. Remember Simon Cowell used to do that? That's what Mahomes does. You ask Mahomes, can you, can you maintain your level of greatness from the regular season to the playoffs? He's like, nope. I'll do you one better. I'll be better in the postseason. With receivers, obviously he's got Travis Kelsey. We understand that. But last year, he made... Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore, integral pieces to the offense to the point where part of the reason I picked the Chiefs to go back-to-back going into this year, and I feel pretty validated with that pick, part of the reason I picked them to go back-to-back is I'm like, hey, Tony, you know, new offense coming from the Giants last year. Sky Moore, second-year player. They'll be comfortable. It's Andy Reid. Kadarius Toney's a healthy scratch. Sky Moore didn't play. This year, Justin Watson, whose career-high receiving yards was this year, 490. With MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantley, who did catch a touchdown this game, had a big catch a couple weeks ago against Baltimore to seal the deal. He was so valuable to the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they let him walk. Rasheed Rice is a nice young rookie. I like him, but, you know, we still got some developing to do. With either kids or rejects, mom says, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll take you not only to the promised land, I'll get you that Lombardi trophy. And one area, again, GOAT discussion, that's, the Mahomes versus Brady thing, that's, we got a ways for we can actually have a legitimate conversation between those two. Who's the greatest ever? Mahomes has officially surpassed Brady in one regard, though. Undeniably. And I've sort of alluded to this for the last couple of seasons. We can pretty much put it to bed now. Mahomes is the greatest comeback artist we've ever seen at the quarterback position, including Brady. We can show you some of the numbers, okay? Because some of these are mind-blowing. Do we have the first stat up here? Here we go. So here's the first one. Mahomes trailing by 10 or more in the regular season and the playoffs. Okay, so basically every game that means anything, regular season playoffs, Mahomes is 17 and 14 when trailing by 10 or more in the regular season and the postseason. So that's about 54.8% of his games he wins down by double digits. Every other quarterback in the history of the game does not win half their games, win down by double digits or more in the regular season in the playoffs. That's crazy. We could show Mahomes to Tom Brady. When trailing by seven or more in the playoffs, Mahomes is nine and two. When trailing by seven or more in the playoffs, he's nine and two. Folks, he wins 82% of his games. He's like a, a, a home run bet to take when he's, when he's down by seven or more. Brady's 10 and 11, which is highly impressive. Brady won almost half his games trailing by seven or more in the playoffs. Everybody else wins about 23% of the games. Every other quarterback in the history of the league who's trailed by seven or more in the playoffs wins 23% of their games. Tom wins about 47%, not even half, but darn close. Mahomes was 81, almost 82% of his games went down by seven. Nuts. Another Mahomes stat. Mahomes went trailing by 10 or more in the playoffs. So double digits. He's five and two. He's, he wins 71% of his games down double digits or more. Every other quarterback that's ever played the game 
8 and 55 wins 13% of their games. And the final stat, Tom versus Mahomes in the Super Bowl, win trailing by 10 or more. Brady's 2 and 1, which is incredible. Mahomes is 3 and 1, even better. Everybody else, 2 and 47. The only two quarterbacks to get wins outside of Tom and Mahomes when down double digits in the Super Bowl is Doug Williams with Washington in the 80s, I believe, and Drew Brees with the New Orleans Saints about 15 years ago. Mahomes is the greatest comeback artist in the history of the game. And doing so, again, with, yes, Kelsey, and they got Kelsey more involved in the second half. More on Kelsey later. But straight up, and I don't want to be disrespectful here because the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. What did Bill Bill Parcells, the the great coach, wants to talk about uh, just sort of guys in the NFL? He called them Jags, just a guy. Bunch of Jags out there. Not bums, but guys. MVS, he's a guy. Rice is ascending. He's getting better. He's with Mahomes and Reed. You have to assume he'll get better, but still not there yet. The same could be definitely be said about Justin Watson. He's fine. He's a guy. We keep waiting on another quarterback to challenge Mahomes, and Burrow came darn close. He actually did beat him in 2021 during the AFC Championship game. That's why I got Burrow number two. But whenever we do, you know, we do these rankings and we do like tiers, like tier one has this many people, tier two, right? Whenever we do tiers from here on out in regards to quarterbacks, tier one's Mahomes, tier two is vacant, then you can go to tier three. Because the gap between, I got Burrow second. I think Burrow's absolutely the second best quarterback in the league. The gap between one and two is five Grand Canyons. Burrow is awesome. What this guy just did is win the hardest championship in the history of the league in terms of the opponents right the Miami Dolphins everybody sort of crapped on Miami let's remember the fact that they were tied for the second best record in the conference with 11 wins and Kansas City mopped the floor with them which Miami's not very good in cold weather okay how about the Buffalo Bills everybody was high on Buffalo so much so they were favored in the game against Kansas City in Buffalo Kansas City went to Buffalo outplayed them beat them Baltimore, best team in the league for most of the season. I had them at number one for big chunks of the year. Best overall team, arguably the best roster, the MVP, Lamar Jackson, and the Chiefs controlled that game throughout, despite being underdogs, four and a half point underdogs, which was nutso, and won that game. So knocked off the best team, arguably, in football, and then knocked off the best roster in football, despite being outplayed for the vast majority of the game because they have that guy at quarterback. Because they have that guy at the quarterback position. If there's one thing that we have learned, whether or not the Chiefs will go back, will win three straight next year, which has never been done in the Super Bowl era, that remains to be seen. What we do know, Patrick Mahomes should never be an underdog the rest of his career until proven otherwise. Because what he just did is unlike anything we've ever seen. Shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, for those that missed the game, I hate to hear that. Here's the game when he touched down to Nicole Hardman. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career. He's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it in an overtime. He is the best. He is the standard. Your Michael Jordan wins it again.
forgot to bring up Mikael Hardman. Guy was a jet to start the season. Justin Watson, 490 yards is career high in receiving yards. MVS was so valuable to Green Bay, they let him walk. What that guy just did. With, by the way, a below-average offensive line, I might add. That line got worked yesterday by Bosa, by Armstead, by Chase Young. Worked. And he still pulled it off. Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl champions again. And a very worthy champion. And undoubtedly, a dynasty. The fact of the matter is, Kansas City, San Francisco, share a lot of similar traits. That guy changes everything. That's not a disrespect to Purdy. That's a call out to the rest of the league. It's a call because everybody is looking for their guy to reach that level, and he simply can't because nobody playing in the league currently can. And nobody all time can, except for that guy who played in New England and in Tampa. Unbelievable game. And just I that that's one of those moments in sports that simply leaves you speechless. Shout out to some homes and shout outs to the Super Bowl champion once again, Kansas City Chiefs. Unbelievable. Obviously, everybody, feel free to chime in the comment section. I'd like to hear your thoughts about uh, the big game last night. A lot to talk about from the Kansas City side, from the San Francisco side. Cannot wait to get into that. Uh, <laughs> I'm with I'm with Tim here. Okay, I'm with Tim. Tim says Tony Romo really need to shut his mouth out of that touchdown. I totally agree with you, Tim. And, and then Romo did a great job last night. Romo, Nance, they were fantastic. But whenever, and like Nance, because he's one of the greatest broadcasters ever, just ace the call, eight, 10 out of 10 uh, on the touchdown of McCole Hardman. Little Vegas reference, jackpot. When moments like that happen, everybody's supposed to just kind of shut up and let the fans do the talking. Then the analyst sort of interjects about 10 seconds later and says, hey, here's what happens. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, with you. I'm kind of with you, though, Tim. That was a... Uh, um, Unless Tony was Tony was, was right, but that could have waited 10 more seconds. But nonetheless, what a game. And by the way, I heard so, oh my goodness, the belly aching. So many people. Oh, do we have to get San Francisco, Kansas City? And it ended up being maybe one of the five best Super Bowls ever. I mean, come on, second overtime game ever. It go, we go basically the whole, almost the entire 15-minute period. I'll talk about Kyle Shanahan in just a second. Um, but my gosh, it's amazing, amazing stuff. I'll talk, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll touch on the halftime show as well. Usher, uh, did a, did, did a great job touching that Brock Purdy, Travis Kelsey incident with, with Andy Reed, but man, what a game, what a television product. Listen, nobody, you can say what you want about the national football league. Nobody knows how to market their game and put on the absolute best television product than the National Football League. NBA's tried. Nope. Baseball isn't even attempting it. Nope. Hockey, stop. WNBA, nobody can compete with the NBA. Or, I'm sorry, with the NFL. It's insane. It's Kyle Shanahan now. Let's go to the losing team. And as I often say, the day after the Super Bowl, the Monday after the Super Bowl, as well as the Monday after the weekend's games to start week one, are the two biggest overreaction Mondays of the NFL season. I always say the Monday in week one and the Monday after the Super Bowl. Those two sort of bookends the season to a certain degree. And the next day when the team loses the Super Bowl, in this case it's the 49ers, coach can't coach, quarterback's no good, and they'll never be back. Like it's, it's again, overreaction. With Kyle Shanahan, and I feared this, and I, for a minute last night after the game was over, 
I didn't think this this would happen, but I was proven incorrectly again. I feared this would happen. That if the Niners lost on a close game, which it's hard to get much closer than that, that all of a sudden Kyle Shanahan is this playoff choker who doesn't know what he's doing and can't win the big game. All due respect, that's an idiotic take. And I'll tell you why. You can talk about 2016 when he was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons, but the fact of the matter was this team did score 28 points. Now, seven of those, albeit came on a pick six off Brady, but was it Brady scoring on Kyle Shanahan's defense to come back in that game? No, that was Dan Quinn's defense who Brady went up and down the field on in that iconic Super Bowl in 2016. Was it Kyle Shanahan's fault that he dialed up the perfect throw from Jimmy G to Emmanuel Sanders and to win the Super Bowl against Kansas City in 2019? And Jimmy G straight up overthrew Emmanuel Sanders and what could have won the game? It's a perfect call by Kyle. Did what he did his job. Is it Kyle Shanahan's fault that in 2021 NFC title game, the interception goes through the arms of Tart? I think it was the safety uh, for, for the Niners at the time. And the Rams take advantage, come back and win the game. When he's, by the way, in those three games at a massive, massive quarterback disadvantage. Matt Ryan was great that year. Ain't Tom Brady. Newsflash. And then Jimmy Garoppolo is not Mahomes, and Jimmy Garoppolo is not Stafford. And with all due respect, more on Purdy later. Purdy, who played pretty well yesterday, all things considered. Purdy's obviously not Mahomes. I thought Kyle was clever. I thought Kyle dialed up some really smart. I mean, the trick play, Jawan Jennings to McCaffrey. I mean, perfect. What I love about Kyle Shanahan yesterday, and then I'll talk about the overtime situation people are talking about. What I loved about what Kyle Shanahan did yesterday is the knock on him is like, man, he just doesn't stick to his, his guns and blah, blah, blah. Kyle Shanahan says, you know what? If we lose this game, we're going down swinging because you can't beat a dynasty unless you go down, unless you absolutely take your best shot. That's what Philadelphia did in one of the gutsiest calls in Super Bowl history. Philly special, fourth and goal from the one against the Patriots, the favored Patriots. Backup quarterback Nick Foles. They run Philly special. The rest is history. Eagles go on to win the Super Bowl because they were aggressive. Atlanta played it safe. Rams played it safe. Seahawks, well, Seahawks were too aggressive at the one-yard line. That's a different conversation. There's a difference between being aggressive and being reckless. Kyle Shanahan was, was aggressive. Went for it. By the way, how about this? Down 13-10, fourth quarter. Got three points in his back pocket, we think. Moody had an up-and-down night, the rookie kicker for the 49ers from Michigan. Goes for him fourth down. Perfectly designed play. Beautifully executed. Purdy to Kittle. They end up uh, scoring a touchdown that drive. So the game was well called. The game was well managed. Clock management, the only thing I would say about Kyle is he didn't call timeout late, uh, late in the first half when Kansas City got their first points. Maybe an opportunity for the Niners to get points, but are we sure that wasn't some of... I just don't want Purdy to make a mistake here and really kill our momentum. We can go in up 10-3. You know, again, difference between reckless and aggressive. Kyle Shanahan went down swinging. Now, as far as the overtime situation, which what I'm referring to is the new rules, where, and you can thank the Buffalo Bills for that. The Buffalo Bills, lots of the Chiefs, you know, couldn't stop Mahomes in 13 seconds. And wind to the NFL, oh my God, it's unfair. And so they got the rules changed with overtime. Instead of if the first team scores a touchdown, game's over. Now it's doesn't matter what the first team does unless they have a, unless the other team gets a defensive touchdown. Both teams get the ball regardless of what happens. Unless, again, there's a defensive touchdown. So Kyle Shanahan sort of admitted it, didn't know the rules. And there, there were multiple 49ers players who alluded to the fact, I think Juszczyk mentioned this, Juszczyk, the fullback, that they weren't aware of the overtime rules at that point in the game, which that's a knock on the coach. That's an absolutely fair knock 
on Kyle Shanahan. Because in that situation, and I tweeted it, I, I, this is not revisionist history. This is not, oh, the, you know, you go back and, and because it didn't work, now you criticize them, armchair coaching or quarterbacking, however you want to look at that. But um, I tweeted this, if I had this tweet right here. Uh, okay, so, yeah, I tweeted. This is at uh, 10.21 p.m. This is right when, when the Niners won the toss and elected to get the ball. I said, wow. I think I would have deferred and allow yourself to have the ball last. That could come back to bite the 49ers. Because my belief is, and Andy Reid sort of defended Kyle Shan after the game. He's like, you know, I don't think there's a right answer. And, and it's a new formula, new strategy. Coaches, the smart ones, which of course Reid and Shanahan both qualify as that, will adapt accordingly. My belief is, if you win the toss, kick to Kansas City, whatever happens, if they score a touchdown, hey, you're still alive. New overtime rules. I'm going to go down, and my goal is we're going to score, and we're going to go for two in the win because we're not giving the ball back to Mahomes because we know what's going to happen. He's just going to drive right back down the field, and Harrison Butker is going to walk it off because Butker was great last night and all season long. That, that, would, that would be my knock on Shannon. But even in that situation, even that almost worked. Purdy was good on third down, and it, you know what it took? Down in the red zone, they have a beautifully designed play. Purdy's going to have Juwan Jennings wide open, or he's going to have Brandon Ayuk streaking across the back of the end zone wide open. But guess who screws it up? The best defensive player uh, probably in the game with respect to Bosa Armstead and, and uh, Fred Warner as well. And Chase Young, Chris Jones. Chris Jones doing almost identically what he did against the Buffalo Bills in, three weeks ago. Remember, Josh Allen's got Khalil Shakir wide open in the end zone. And Chris Jones pushes Deion Dawkins into Josh Allen to force an errant throw. And it ends up being maybe the play of the game for Kansas City. This play, Purdy's going to roll out to his right. Jennings is going to be open. If Jennings isn't open, Ayuk is even more open to Jawan Jennings' left. Chris Jones gets in, blows the whole play up, and the Niners get a field goal out of it. So you know what thwarted Kyle Shanahan's plan? It wasn't bad coaching. wasn't wasn't even his quarterback couldn't make the play. It's hard to make the play when Chris Jones is right in your face like that. A great player made a great play, and that's what stalled it. Again, I would have kicked to Kansas City. If they score a touchdown, then my goal is we're going to score a touchdown and we're going to go for two in the win. It's like, that's what I would have done. But at the end of the day, this if, if your take on that game was Kyle Shanahan blew it, with all due respect, I don't know what game you're watching. And even to a larger degree, sort of tying it back into my first take, my first segment, let's be real, folks. This was not a game... The Niners were the losing team. This was not a game where someone on the Niners blew it. Shanahan didn't blow it. Purdy didn't blow it. Debo, McCaffrey was great. Niners defense, I mean, did the Niners defense blow it or did Patrick Mahomes do Patrick Mahomes things? Go eight for eight in overtime, run for the first down and fourth down, had another scramble to get them down. I believe that one, that run got them down the red zone late in overtime. They got beat by one of the greatest players we've ever seen in professional sports. That's what happened. I mean, do we fault? Do we fault again those Jazz teams in the '90s and those Phoenix Suns teams and the SuperSonics? Do we do we knock those Cavs teams in the 2010s or the Celtics in the 2020s? No, they ran to Steph Curry. That's what happened. Do we knock those Pacers teams or those uh, some of those other Boston teams because they kept or those Atlanta teams that kept running into LeBron? No, they ran to LeBron. Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy did about all they could have. 
The Niners defense throughout that, I mean, they took the ball from Holmes. They took the ball from Pacheco. Got two turnovers. Nobody, listen, we live in a society where if something happens, it's somebody's fault and we got to throw all the blame on them. That's what Twitter was designed for. Even more so now with X. Um, nobody's at fault. They just got beat by an all-time great. That's what happened. And so I think if your take on that game was Shanahan blew it, I don't know what game you watched. Shanahan was brilliant. When you're confusing Steve Spagnolo at times in the game, you're doing something right. And Spags was awesome. With his third down blitzes on Purdy, he was great. But in general, uh, Shanahan coached a phenomenal game. And if the knock on him is he can't beat Mahomes, guess what? Nobody except for Burrow and Brady can. So there's no knock on that. Okay? And by the way, by the way, just to a large degree, not a large degree, larger, larger conversation. Zach Taylor, only two coaches to beat Mahomes in the playoffs. We talk about Brady and Burrow, the two quarterbacks, two coaches, Belichick and Zach Taylor. Is Zach Taylor all of a sudden a better coach than Kyle Shanahan? No, he just had Joe Burrow. <laughs> That's the difference. That changes everything. And so I did not think this was a Shanahan issue whatsoever, not even close. I thought that was, um, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I, I did listen. I did disagree in real time. This is not a revisionist history. Um, I don't believe in that nonsense. This is a. I, I would have kicked the ball to Kansas City. Would they have scored against your gas defense because of how they drove on you the previous drive? Probably so. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, uh, you get the ball back and you decide your fate. And that's all you can ask for in the National Football League is to have the ball in your hands, chance to go win the Super Bowl, and let the chips fall where they may. But I think other teams are going to to learn from this. Again, I was aware of the rule because I remember vividly talking about it on my show when the rules committee changed the overtime rules. And, and, and I, I remember talking about the time where Buffalo was like, oh my gosh, it's not fair that we didn't touch the ball. And, and again, to a certain degree, I get that. Again, there's been a lot of teams that didn't get the ball second and a lot of great quarterbacks who didn't get the ball second in overtime and they didn't get the rules changed. So why they changed the rule for Buffalo? You know, it, listen, it's, it's that's the NFL's prerogative. But I think... I think the NFL had a good compromise to where this overtime rule is not in place in the regular season. Because if it was in place in the regular season, you know what we'd see? A lot of ties. Because there's some... The gap... See, uh, something else Mahomes has done, it goes to this conversation as well, is because he's so awesome, it makes quarterbacks... Kenny Pickett of my Steelers is a prime example. 25 years ago, nobody'd be trying to move off Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Nobody. Nobody would be trying to move off Kenny Pickett. He's, he's, he's fine. He wins games. He's efficient. He doesn't turn the ball over. Typical game manager. And now it's like, okay, uh, can we bring in Fields? Uh, Ryan Tannehill, can we draft a guy? Change everything. I mean, got people in Dallas want to move on from Dak. He almost won MVP. That, that is what Mahomes has done to the league. But if you got a game that goes to overtime and it's between, I don't know, Kenny Pickett and throw out a random quarterback. Case Keenum. That game's probably going to end in a tie because neither of those guys are capable of going up and down the field on the other team. It's just that's just not that's just not how it goes. But in the playoffs, you know what you get? Great quarterbacks. You get Mahomes, you get Lamar, you get Josh Allen, you get Joe Burrow when he's healthy, and all these guys, CJ Stroud. So I thought it was a good comp. I didn't agree with them changing it, but it was a good compromise. You know? Some of the men and women could in Washington could <laughs> could learn that uh could learn that lesson, but that's a whole different discussion. But good compromise. It's, 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 it's compromise is not a bad word. Okay, so 
I also wanted to discuss, let me even pull this up here. Again, everybody feel free to chime in the comment section. Uh, love to hear uh, y'all's thoughts on the game and whatever my topic is. Let's talk, we'll talk the Reed Kelsey thing a little later. Let's talk about Brock Purdy. So Brock Purdy has, over the course of the season, it's the weirdest thing, turned into this like polarizing figure. Like I've talked about it for a while. You got one group that thinks he's amazing, thinks he's elite. You got another group who thinks, ah, game manager, not that good, kind of the Cam Newton class. And then he got guys like me who are like, he's better than what the Cam Newton class says. He's not as good as what other people say he is. He's a good quarterback. He's not great, but he's not bad. I've said for I've said since the day he took over for Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm like, oh, this guy's way better than Garoppolo. This guy's way better than Garoppolo. Garoppolo was the uh, the very definition of a game manager. You watch how Shanahan called those games. It's okay, Jimmy, just don't mess it up. Don't mess. It. Come on, Jimmy, don't oh, don't screw us up. That's what they did. And oftentimes, if the game got a little tight, Jimmy tended to make a mistake because he's limited. Does it bring the mobility to the table Purdy brings? Purdy is, doesn't exactly have a Mahomes arm. Purdy's got a little, little whip on him. He, he can he can push the ball down the field much better than Jimmy could, and he fits better within the Shanahan West Coast scheme because of his ability to move in and outside the pocket. And his anticipation throws are really impressive. He, he had a couple to Ayuk over the middle that were really, really good. Brock Purdy's a good quarterback, top 12-13-ish. Because if you put a lot of quarterbacks in that situation, they would be even better than Purdy. And maybe they win that game yesterday. Maybe. Although it's Mahomes, so you, who, who knows? He probably makes a few more plays. I thought Brock Purdy was pretty good last night. I, I, I don't have any criticisms. I don't have any heaping praise. And I also don't have any, God, he was, ugh, oh my God. No, he's good. He's good. And, and listen, it's, a lot of it was because, if we have the stat here, I don't have the graphic, but the stat about Brock Purdy's, uh, doesn't look like uh, I have the, the stat on me right now. No, I do. I'm sorry. So in the first quarter of the game, Purdy got off to a pretty hot start, okay? Completed 80% of his passes, 105 yards, 12, uh, 10.5 yards per attempt, and had a pass rating of, of 110. So he was really good. He's making, again, some nice anticipation throws to Ayuk, uh, to Debo. McCaffrey was getting involved. The rest of the game, though, eh, struggled. 53% completion percentage, 150 yards, 5.4 yards per pass. Uh, one touchdown, no picks to his credit. Uh, excuse me, didn't turn the ball over like I thought he would. And a pass ring of 81. He was a little above average for the rest of the game. Complete percentage, not not anything to, to exactly write home about. And again, Purdy's overall stat line uh, for the game. If we can pull this up here, uh, Brock Purdy. Here we go. The 23 of 38, 255 passing, a touchdown, no turnovers. QBR 69.8, 0 to 100. It's pretty good. It's well above average. And a pass ring of 89, which is a solid few ticks above average as well. I, I've got nothing bad to say, and I've got nothing awesome to say about Brock, Brock Purdy. Like, again, it goes back to what I was saying about Shanahan. If your takeaway in this game was, oh, Purdy blew it or Shanahan blew it, you probably didn't watch the game all the way through. He was good. And a lot of his struggles, when he did struggle, was because of Spag's exotic blitz packages that he'd bring, especially on third down. Like, I feel like every single time on third down, they bring the blitz. You had Trent McDuffie, who had himself a game yesterday. Listen, uh, Sneed, uh, Legeria Sneed, who I said was the, I think I had him as the ninth best player in Super Bowl 58. I ranked my top 10 in Bryce's best 10 last Wednesday. I had Legeria Sneed as like the ninth best player in this game. He's had a phenomenal year. 
Jerry Stanhill, but a little bit of a rough one. Not a bad one, but not near to standard. McDuffie was great. Broke up some passes in the end zone. Got to Purdy multiple times on blitzes. Like, props to him. But Spags brought those blitzes, and Purdy struggled against them. Now, I think Purdy's stat line was like 12 for 19 against the blitz for a little over 100 yards. So he wasn't bad, but he did struggle. He's he, he's mobile. He's not Lamar Jackson. Then again, who is? So that matters as well. And the fact of the matter is, really the weaknesses, this is why I say both these teams were really similar in many ways, but the, the difference is Mahomes. Both these teams kind of had average offensive lines this year. I mean, I think I think the Niners and the Chiefs were both ranked around the 20s, according to Pro Football Focus, in terms of their own line. I know for a fact the Niners were. I'm pretty sure Kansas City was. I felt like Mahomes was flushed outside the pocket a lot, especially in those first three quarters. Um, and Brock Purdy's O-line, outside of Trent Williams, who himself had a bit of an uneven game, kind of struggled. So, And the Chiefs did get to Purdy one time. But I, I don't have – I know everybody's going to come out their hot takes. Oh, Purdy's no good. Or, oh, you can't blame Purdy for the loss. I'm kind of in between. Can't really blame for the line. He didn't turn the ball over. It's not, The Niners had a gap on special teams, which Kansas City scored on, and then McCaffrey fumbled the first drive, and it looked like the Niners were going to get points to start the Super Bowl. And neither of those were Purdy's fault. One was on McCaffrey, and then one was was when the ball hit the guy's uh, back of it, when he, the guy the ball hit the guy's heel. And then Kansas City recovered, and Marquez Valdez Scantling's in the end zone felt like a couple seconds later, and he's good now. I think the thing for San Francisco they could sort of hang their hat on is no reason to believe the NFC is going to be exactly be a juggernaut next year. Obviously, in the AFC, everybody's gunning for Kansas City. It's it's them and everybody else. It's their world, and all the other 15 AFC teams, including my Steelers, are just living in it. But in the NFC, listen, draft's going to play out. Offseason's going to play out. We'll see. But Detroit, I think, will be their biggest contender next year. Well, I mean, listen, they were up 17 on San Francisco in the Bay Area two weeks ago and gave them real problems, and I've already guaranteed, since Ben Johnson's coming back, that the Lions are going to be right back in the conference title game. I really believe that. Uh, Green Bay's good. Uh, Green Bay's very young, which is good. Uh, obviously, Jordan Love is going to get another full season as the start of that team. You have to believe they'll be a little bit better than they were a year ago, and they put a scare in San Francisco, but just don't have the playmakers overall. I still have concerns about the defense. We'll see if they can fix that with the new defensive coordinator coming in. Tampa Bay's good. Tampa Bay's good. Like, that's kind of my, again, good. Uh, not not close to the talent of San Francisco. They played this year, and the Niners blew them out. I think Purdy might have had a perfect pass rating in that game, to his credit. Uh, Dallas, this, that's, I mean, they're, they're the known playoff chokers of football. Uh, you think about the Philadelphia Eagles. Liability now at offensive coordinator. They're bringing up, they brought in Vic Fangio. He'll fix the defense. The offense will be average at best because Kellen Moore is a below average coordinator. And Nick Sirianni's the head coach, which disaster is bound to happen with him. So you look at the NFC and your San Francisco, even within your own division. Now, the Rams could be a factor. Stafford is a year older, but they're young. Pukunakua, Kyron Williams, young, talented defense, really good linebacker they've got over there in LA. They could be a problem as well. But Seattle, new coach, Mike McDonald, we'll see if he's able to come in and, and make an impact. And obviously, Arizona is, is a ways from San Francisco. So if you're the Niners, and by the way, you're not paying Purdy anything. He's still on the cheap. This is year three for Brock Purdy coming up. And he plays well within the Shanahan offense, the West Coast system. Caffrey's back. Fred Warner. Brett, Joey, uh, uh, sorry, Nick Bosa. And Ayuk is still cheap. They may have to pay Ayuk this offseason. I think they, yeah, that's almost certain they'll have to pay Ayuk. Uh, they've got Debo, Kittle. I mean, they're they're still in good shape. They could upgrade the O-line a little bit, but they can maybe address that in, the, in this NFL draft. Maybe not to have to spend a ton of money on that. But I mean, if I'm San Francisco, listen, it, it's it's easy for me to say as a non-Niners fan, and I, as longtime listeners of the show know, I, I, I 
I came back close to becoming a Niners fan when I ultimately chose the Pittsburgh Steelers as my lifelong team once I ditched uh, being a Cowboys fan in 2020. So I was spared the heartbreak. Uh, but listen, it's, it's nice to get to the Super Bowl. No question about that. But the heartbreak is going to be there for San Francisco Yesterday, today, for the next seven months, they'll use this fire. They're a well-run franchise. Great ownership group. Great GM and John Lynch. Great coach Shanahan. And, and I still say, that's the best roster in football. That's that's the best roster in football. So, no reason to believe. And, and listen, we see it oftentimes with teams. We're like, oh, they're going to be back, and they never come back. But San Francisco got there four years ago with Jimmy Garoppolo. And Purdy, for whatever his doubters may say, surely we can all agree, he's better than Garoppolo. He's, he's absolutely better than Jimmy. Can do a lot, th- lot more things better than Jimmy Garoppolo can. And he's cheap. He's Mr. Irrelevant. He's cheap. So, Niners and Detroit feel like the, the two major contenders next year. Once again, they were the last two teams standing this year with the Rams as a potential. Like, if the Rams are in the conference title game, won't shock me a bit. Won't shock me a bit, given their young talent, if Stafford's healthy, because we all know McVeza is a phenomenal coach. John Rivera in the comments. If we can pull this up. Pat freaking Mahomes. I mean, what more can you say? The guy is, you know what, and, and, and you know what, John, John, I don't know if I hit you up yesterday during the game. Um, I know I hit up my guy great. I don't know if I hit up John, John, but I'll, since John, John's obviously watching, I'll, I'll tell you now uh, through through the show, John, John, I, I'm with you now. Mahomes a second. Yeah, there you go. I see the number two right there. Mahomes a second. You, you, you got me. The, what he did in this game. And this playoff run, I talked about it earlier, this playoff run is the most difficult playoff run given what Mahomes had to throw to uh, offensively and his offensive line, by the way, struggled to protect most of the playoffs and season. You go through 11 win Miami. You go through 11 win Buffalo on the road in a game in which you're an underdog and the Bills are hot at that point. On the road in Baltimore against probably the best team in football with the MVP of the league and a great coach in, in John Harbaugh who had a weird game plan, but John Harbaugh's still a great coach. You're four and a half point dogs and you win that one. Then in the Super Bowl against what I believe to be the best roster in the sport, outplay for most of the game, and because you're Patrick Mahomes, you find a way. With your arm and with your legs. By the way, Mahomes led the Chiefs in rushing. Wasn't Pacheco, it was Mahomes. Had almost 400, had, was a yard away, one yard away from 400 uh, even of total offense. 333 through the air, 66 on the ground. You got me, John John. He, he's number two. And he's got a ways to catch Brady, there's no question, but he's got to be number two all time, no doubt about it. Okay, so... I would say the big controversy, it feels like there's always a controversy every year at the Super Bowl. And listen, the Super Bowl is, after all, obviously a football game, the biggest football game possible of the year, but also a television product. You got the pregame festivities. I, I got to say this, by the way. I thought the the CBS intro, the Frank Sinatra My Way to kick off the Super Bowl, where it was like the players like thanking their families for the sacrifice. It was so cool. The Niners and Chiefs players, uh, there was a point in the end where Travis Kelsey was was really emotional, like thanking his family. Like CBS aced that one to get the Sinatra. Oh my gosh, it's it was it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. So shout out to CBS for that and for a great great broadcast overall. They were CBS was just the biggest of winners of the Chiefs for for many reasons. But we have controversy. Is it the halftime show? Is it the is there, I, I, I'm not going to name the artist. I know who it is. I'm not going to say it because it was, I know it was an embarrassing moment. Somebody years ago messed up the lyrics for the national anthem. Like there's always sort of a big talking point. And this one, it came in the game. It wasn't an officiating mistake. Game was well called by the officials. Props to them. We don't give the officials props when they call good games. They did yesterday. But um, the controversy was Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. 
And so we can show you the clip here. Uh, this is right after Mahomes hits Nicole Hardman on a bomb throw uh, in the first half to get the Kansas City Chiefs in scoring territory in the red zone with an opportunity to either match San Francisco's field goal uh, or to take the lead in this football game. I believe it's 3 nothing San Francisco. Yes, it was. 3 nothing San Francisco at this point. Uh, and the Chiefs looking to answer that or to, or to take the lead. And Pacheco fumbles after the bomb from Kelsey, from Mahomes to, to Miko Hardman. And Travis Kelsey on the sideline with Andy Reid. Here's the exchange. Uh, we see it, saw it at the game. Travis Kelsey makes contact with Coach Reid. Reid looked pretty, as you'd imagine, caught off guard. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey is a world-class athlete. Andy Reid is is in his mid-60s, so like a, a big disadvantage there. We'll show you the play, or not the play, but the situation one more time. Kelsey's pissed off. Catch, definitely catches Reid's blind side. He's mad. And, and, and listen, it was widely reported that the reason Kelsey was mad is because he was not in the game on the play where Pacheco fumbled. And the guy, I think it was Gray, the backup tight end's name, is who allowed the guy to come off the edge and force the fumble on Pacheco. And Kelsey's like, gosh darn it, and a lot of other choice language, had I been in to block this guy, Pacheco wouldn't have fumbled. And so he's mad about that. And plus, at that point, he had one target for one catch for one yard in that game. So he's like, Crap, I'm the best player, on the best skill position player on the offense. What, okay, if I'm not going to get the ball, at least have me in on important downs uh, in the red zone. And Andy Reid, again, was, was caught off guard by that. So there's two ways to look at this. Two things can be true is a, is a, a statement and a phrase I use often on the show. And I think it, to a certain degree, does apply here. On the negative, for Kelsey at least, <laughs> let's just put it this way. I don't think I nor any sane human being is in favor of whatever you want to call that, a love tap, a shove, something, a push. I don't think any of us are in favor of pushing. I think Andy Reid, correct me if I'm wrong, is 66 years of age. That's usually not a good option <laughs> is to push uh, a man of Andy Reid's age or any person of Andy Reid's age, push anybody in general, but we just football, but a guy or a person of that age, probably not the best and most wise decision. And so you have that component of, uh, of the situation. You see, know, so the fact that there was contact, he caught Andy Reid off guard. I mean, if, listen, if, if Andy Reid would have fell over, it would have been a, a disaster. It would have been, oh, my God, Travis. That might have been a moment that might have actually kind of messed with the Kansas City Chiefs psychologically. Like, oh, my God, the second best player on our team just shoved our head coach to his, to, you know, off his feet onto the sideline. Like, what is going on? We're, like, imploding right now. So that's like the 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 negative side of that. That is not exactly a great look for Travis Kelsey. Because he's listen, there's a lot of kids watching that game, and Travis and the Chiefs, I think, pride themselves on being role models. Not a great moment there. On the other side of it, though, like I said, I don't like the fact that he shoved Andy Reid. I don't think anybody likes that. But if anybody's getting mad at Travis because he was yelling in the face of his coach. Then, with again, all due respect, you probably didn't play sports because that is as common as it gets. Draymond Green of my Golden State Warriors, this has been well sourced and well documented, has literally gotten into scream, not shouting, screaming matches face to face, having to be separated with Steve Kerr. Tom Brady, and by the way, I love these guys, I love Draymond Green, love Tom Brady. Tom Brady. He did, he did one of two things on the sideline, one of them later in his career because of the advancements of technology. Tom, if he was pissed off on the sideline, either murdered a Microsoft tablet toward the end of his career to the point where the NFL and Microsoft had to come out with a statement like, Tom, stop breaking our tablets, 
Or dude would go like nose to nose with Bill O'Brien, with uh, Josh McDaniels, with any of his coaches on the sideline, go nose to nose, face to face. What are we doing? Oh my goodness. That's, that's called passion athletes. Now, A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles had a tweet, and it's, it's an important one. Because A.J. Brown was saying, because A.J. Brown, we know he said he had multiple incidents in, in his career, but in Philadelphia in, in, in particular, where he's getting in the face of Jalen Hurts, or he's getting in the face of offensive coaches for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's been ridiculed for it. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. A.J. Brown's the best player in the Eagles offense. He should want the football. If you're not throwing it to him and you're trailing, maybe you might want to start throwing to number 11. He's a great player. And obviously the Eagles missed him toward the end of the season when they collapsed. Same situation with Travis Kelsey. Same situation. Now, he should not have shoved Andy Reid. That is a 100%, 1,000% no-no. You do not shove the coach, especially when your coach is, is in his mid-60s. No. Like, that's that's a no-no. But as far as the passion, as far as the, okay, I got one target, one catch for a yard. I'm the best skill position player. I'm not getting the ball. We're not moving out on offense. And when we are moving out on offense and where we're running the ball, I'm not in for running plays. Why is that? So from that point of view, get it from Kelsey. And by the way, this is what I love, too, about Andy Reid. Best coach in the league, in my view. And one of the best coaches ever. Here's what I loved about Andy Reid. I saw a tweet from a Patriots fan. I forget the account. It was on Twitter somewhere. And a Patriots fan said, Ah, if Gronk would have done that to Belichick, Belichick would have sat him for the game. Mm-hmm. Belichick's unemployed. Andy Reid's a back-to-back champion. Bill Belichick is a guy who's old school, getting their, getting their rear ends, and you, you take them out the game if they disrespect you because they don't question your integrity or your, your stance as the head coach of the football team. And it cost him a Super Bowl in Super Bowl 52 when he benched Malcolm Butler because of a reported incident at practice. Belichick could have seven rings. He hit, now six is phenomenal. Let's be honest, but could have seven if he doesn't bench Malcolm Butler and the Patriots defense absolutely implodes against Nick Foles and the Eagles offense. Know what I love about Travis Kelsey? I'm sorry, about um, Andy Reid? I can't imagine he wasn't bothered by it. One of his players just shoved him on the sideline. But Andy Reid sees the bigger picture. Andy Reid has a deep relationship with Travis Kelsey. They both came into the Kansas City Chiefs organization 11 years ago in 2013. Reed took the job in 2013. Kelsey was drafted, and I believe it was the third round out of Cincinnati in 2013. They're like that. And they're, they're it's almost like a, sort of like a father-son-ish type of relationship, which is very common with players and coaches. Andy Reed's like, okay, in the back of his head, he's like, bro, should not have shoved me. But at the same time, like, you know what? He probably has a point. I'm not throwing in the ball. He's not in for running downs. Maybe I should throw the Travis Kelsey the ball more. And by the way, guess what? Kelsey, one catch for one yard early on. After that incident, what did Travis Kelsey do? Eight catches for 92 yards. So Kelsey, the way he approached it was wrong. But in terms of making contact with Reed, not yelling at Reed, but making contact with Reed, we don't, no, we don't advocate for violence. But was his message correct? Yeah, it was. It's, you know, Richard Sherman, people ridiculed Sherman years ago. Oh, my God, a classless interview with Aaron Andrews. Oh, my goodness. And how dare he be this arrogant? Is he right? Did he shut down Michael Crabtree and make the play that sent the Seahawks to the Super Bowl that year? 
Okay. I'm a guy, I'm, I'm, I'm different from a lot of people in this way, and I'm not judging anybody, but this is how I'm wired. I don't care. Listen, well, again, unless there's physical a physical altercation, and I wouldn't call this an altercation necessarily. But Travis Kelsey did shove uh, Andy Reid, and that can't do that. But I'm a guy who likes to listen to the message more so than how it's delivered. Is the message is what's being said a true fact? When Richard Sherman said years ago, he's right. Yeah, he shut down Michael Crabtree. And, you know, Colin Kaepernick threw that pass to Crabtree with Sherman, one of the best corners of the game at the time, all over him. And he paid the price for it. Malcolm Smith off the tip ball from Sherman, intercepted it, and the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl, ended up winning the Super Bowl over Denver in convincing fashion. My thing is, I, I, I'm big on this. And this is, it's a little bit of a different conversation than Kelsey, but it's under a similar umbrella, you, you could say, where I'd much rather... What's the term I'm looking for? I'd rather honest. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. I'd rather you be honestly arrogant than falsely humble. Because we ask athletes all the time to be themselves, to wear their emotions on their sleeve, like control the emotions, obviously, but wear your emotions on the sleeve, be yourself. And then when they are, we criticize them. But the ones who are, you know, kind of, you know, Belichick, on to Cincinnati, on to Cincinnati, you know, cliche, turn my least favorite cliche of all time, of all time, coaches and quarterbacks do it all the time. We got to turn the page. Oh, I hate that one so bad. I don't know why I just hate that one. Turn the page. We criticize them when they're cliche. Well, do you want to be real or cliche? You can't have it in between. And so, again, but sort of wrap this up, tie it in a bow. What Kelsey did in terms of shoving Reed, you can't do that. that that's, that's a no-no. But in terms of him getting in Reed's face, okay, why am I not on the field for some of our most important plays of the game? Yeah, he's 100% right. He's 100% right. So shout out to um to Travis Kelsey and Andy Reed for for having the relationship and, and understanding, you know what, there was some some words said, there's passion, there's a mistake by Kelsey on the part of shoving Reed. But Reed, because he's an emotionally mature individual, says, you know what, probably shouldn't have done that, but... Yeah, Kelsey probably does need to get the ball more. And Kelsey probably does need to be on the field uh, for these big uh, for these big run and pass plays. So there you go. Kansas City, Super Bowl champions. All right, so got a guest coming on the show. I like to have him on a couple times a year during the football season. Very excited to have him on. The host of Clutch Sports Talk every Sunday. I know for him, for myself, for a lot of football fans out there, uh, very bittersweet day the Super Bowl is because it's the last game of the year. Uh, so we don't have any, any more football till September of uh, the same breath. A phenomenal game. So would you please give a very warm welcome back to Carving Up Live to Ryan Flowers joining Carving Up Live. Ryan, what is going on, my man? How you doing? What it is, my man, Bryson. Thanks for having me on, man. Um, yeah, I'm just good to see you again, and I'm glad to be out here. I can be on your show tonight. For sure, man. Great to have you on. First of all, for those that are watching or listening, especially for those that are watching, Ryan created because he's like our graphics master here at the grid. Uh, Ryan and Alfred, who creates like our our, our graphics for like the stats <laughs> I show, but Ryan created everything you see all, all, all around us right now. My man created that. So shout out to you. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, creating it for not only myself, but everybody here at the, the grid network. You do a fantastic job. Absolutely. And we're Absolutely. certainly, certainly lucky it. to have you. So your overall I mean, it's, it's a very yes. broad question, overall outlook on the game. But is there anything that really stood out to you, either from the Kansas City side or the San Francisco side? Um, I'll start with the Chiefs because that's the easiest one, I would say. I think 
they're just champions. I mean, they find ways to just get it done. And you look at their playoff run, you know, starting at home. I mean, that was there. I mean, they should have been favored in that game. You know, Miami doesn't play well in the cold, right? Um, there were they had some some injuries, and then they had to go on the road playing Buffalo, who was arguably one of the hottest teams in all of the National Football League. Like um, the run that they went on towards the end of the year, and then to go into AT and T Bank. Uh, is that what's called AT and T? M and T Bank. M and T. Excuse me. Uh, that's the yeah. Cowboys. I'm sure. Anyway, um, to go into M and T Bank and beat arguably be arguably the best team in football, right? I mean, the way the Ravens were rolling and you know, like they look like an unstoppable force. But I knew at the end of the day, man, Super Bowl winning championship games or just winning championships in general, especially in football, it always boils down to the quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league there's probably only one other quarterback out there that can maybe beat him right now and that's joe burrow and because he's done it and he's been close to doing it the rest of these guys i'm done with this this oh my god like uh josh allen is so great and there's lamar it's like it 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 don't even matter at this point patrick Mahomes is the guy everyone needs needs to shut the heck up and that's it so as far as that's concerned the chiefs they're 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 champions but they showed what championship medal is all about now the niner side I was listening to you, you know, your your dialogue here just a moment ago about Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy is okay, right? I think Kyle Shanahan choked again. I, I really felt really? that. Yes, I think that the early on they should have stayed in their more twenty-one personnel or their big formations with the tight ends, uh, one receive or two receivers on a tight end, and then a fullback and a running back, and just kept pounding the rock against the Chiefs. You saw early on in that game. That's that was the recipe. They started to get cute like Kyle Shanahan does. And in that third quarter, they really took the ball out of McCaffrey's hands and they tried to put it in Purdy. And he just was shown that he's not that dude. Like he he's a good guy. He's a good quarterback. I'm not going to say he's he's a game manager. But the reason why I picked the Chiefs to win that game is the reason why at the end what we saw Patrick Holmes just makes plays like. You know, how, look, you look towards the end of that game, the Diders settled for field goals when they should have got a touchdown versus the Chiefs going down and getting that touchdown to seal the game. That's the difference. And Purdy, maybe he's not that guy. Like, he's a good quarterback, but he's not that guy. But I think overall, Kyle Shanahan really choked this one off again. And I don't think there's no difference in this game than it was a couple years ago when these same two teams met in 2020 in Miami um, with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think it's going to be the same situation. Brock Purdy is basically a better Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan showed that in close games, big games, he can't get it done. I mean, again, this is the third time he's in a Super Bowl. Well, I I don't want to, I don't want to call the, the one in Atlanta his fault because he wasn't the sure. head coach, but, but you can tell he like, he lets off the gas a lot. And I felt like they should have been giving Christian McCaffrey the ball a lot more um, and credit to the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I mean, they're the kind of like the underlying sub story because they played phenomenal. That secondary with OJ Mc, uh, OJ McDuffie, uh, Sneed, um, and then you know people forget they were missing a, a, a lineman who was critical in that win against the Baltimore Ravens, right? So um, they just stepped up all around. But I think really this 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 loss really falls on the inability for the Niners to make the clutch plays that we've kind of succumbed to, or we, 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 we actually seen them make the last couple of weeks uh, within, in the divisional round and the divisional round. Yeah. The divisional round and the conference championship. But, um, but you know, so that's my assessment of the game. 
Well, it's it, you, you talk about Brock Purdy and sort of them putting the ball in his hands a lot. And I saw this quotes. So it's funny you bring that up. Uh, Legereus Sneed talked about it after the game. Uh, he was asked about the Chiefs game plan, all that. And this his quote was, we just wanted Brock to throw the ball. And yeah. so it was kind of the, everybody the knows more, it. Yeah. I mean, the more the balls in, and it's, it's not even necessarily a knock on Purdy, but the more the balls in, in number yeah. 13's hands rather than number 23's hands. Exactly. We, we feel good. And, and I thought, by the way, I thought Spag, Steve Spagnuolo was great oh. with those packages he bought on third down. Oh, that guy's a master, dude. He's going to get a head coaching job. Obviously, all the jobs are, are vacated or filled now, but he should be in line. If some of these other chumps are getting head coaching jobs out there, this, this guy's won four Super Bowls now, right? Yep. And, and and the way, man, I'm watching this game last night, and I'm just like, it's a master. I know people were like, oh, it's a boring Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But those mm-hmm. people don't really love football, man. That, that that first half to me was what you want, the anticipation. It's like, oh, my God, it's only 10-3 here. It's 0-0 after the first quarter. That's what you want. I don't want to see a 45. I mean, I, that is fun at the end of the day. Sure. But that, but but if every score, it almost felt like, dang, like that might be the final nail in the coffin. And that was the problem with the Niners, too, is that they ha- if you come for the king – you better not miss, and they miss. They should. That game should have been over, honestly, in the first half, but they didn't. They allowed the Chiefs to hang around. Could I defend Kyle Shanahan this way, though? And I talked about this earlier, where, yes, <laughs> they blow the double-digit lead to Kansas City four years ago, but, again, calls the perfect play. Emmanuel Sanders is open, and Jimmy just overthrows him. Yeah. Um, if, if he, again, if he, if he completes it there, then now it falls on, on Robert Saul's defense. We'll see if they can stop Kansas city with a minute and a half to go ish. Um, and then even this year, obviously they go for the fourth down early on, they get it, end up getting the touchdown. Um, again, my, to me that the main error Shanahan made was not knowing the overtime rules. Cause on God is my witness. I was, I was fully aware of those overtime rules. Cause I'm like, okay, if you, if you win the toss to me, you defer. And if the other team scores a touchdown and Andy Reid indicated, this was the chief's plan that. Had had San Francisco scored, the Chiefs would have went for two if they scored in the other end to try and just go for the win instead of giving the ball back to the Niners. Could I argue that aside from that, the play calling was created, the the, the, the double pass with my man Jawan Jennings throwing the touchdown to McCaffrey. Uh, Could have been a penalty to- on that play too. Actually, he was blocking upfield when the ball was being thrown forward. That's an illegal sure. play. So, and that's sure. just the coach and me watching that, and sure. I was like, "There's no flag on the play." <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I, thought, I, I digress. I I did think they let him play through most of because there was a couple of plays like where I saw Kansas City's O line holding. They did, yeah, there was some holding. Like, and yeah. and Bill Vinovich, for those who don't know, his crews usually call a lot of penalties, but I thought they did a good job. And, you know, kudos to him. Like you said earlier, like we 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 talk about the rest when they do a terrible job, but I think for the most part they let these guys play a little bit. So you want to let the guys decide the game. Like you want to let the best players decide the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Absolutely, no question about it. But uh, it's sort of your response to that with Kyle Shannon. Like I thought, like in terms of. Like you said, trick plays. There was a penalty on there, but nonetheless, sort of being aggressive in that regard, going for the fourth right. down, in which they ended up scoring. It was a great play. Um, would you? Okay. Would you at least agree with this that this wasn't as bad as certainly the Atlanta game or even the 2019 game against Kansas City? No, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. No, 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 no. It wasn't that bad. I saw. I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him benefit of the doubt. But it's just like, man, dude. Like, he he's got to find ways to finish. And to and to be quite honest with you, man, like. The Niners kind of lucked themselves into the Super Bowl. I mean, people might say, like, what are you talking about? The Packers had them on the ropes. It was a game that could have went either way. Jordan Love looked better than Brock Purdy. In, in, in spurts, Brock Purdy made the plays they needed to make at the end, right? Um, Detroit, same thing again. Like, they they they, they overcome that set with 17 points mm-hmm. um, to come back from that. Uh, and then, and then honestly, they got up on the on the Chiefs, and I was like, okay, this is what they needed to do. 
if, if you guys had watched my show in the morning, I said they needed to get on top of the Chiefs early. And they did that, but they just couldn't get touchdowns. It was they settled for field goal and then that trickeration with the touchdown. Um, but it wasn't as bad. I just thought that they missed some opportunities late. And, and to me, not knowing the rule in Super Bowl, um, I don't. It's not great. I, it's not great, but I don't think it really would have mattered because even if they got a touchdown, the Chiefs would have got an opportunity to, to, to get the ball back and go down the field anyway. Um, I think the biggest question, the biggest thing that 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 I stood out to me was the miss blocking assignment that allowed Chris Jones. Chris, is it Chris Jones? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Chris Jones got free to, on that to, play. To, yeah. To destroy that play because Brandon Ayuk was open over the middle of the field. If Purdy had time, that would have got the touchdown, and we, we wouldn't have even gone into overtime. The game would have been over. Well, no, right? that was play that... was in overtime. That play was in it overtime. Was in overtime. Yes, that, right. that was third yeah, down. Was, yeah. Third and five or third and four. You're correct. So um, this missed opportunities by the Niners overall. Um, but at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan is the coach. Um, and and I think they just they gotta lean on Christian McCaffrey. He's the offensive player of the year. He's he got they should have kept running the ball, and I think they got away from that a little bit. Uh, but again, kudos to the, the Chiefs defense. They they took away Kittle, right? Debu, I don't know what really happened to him. And Ayuk only had like what three or four receptions, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah. they, they they neutralized the big playability of the of the Niners offense. Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes now. So I, I don't know how many more adjectives we can use to to describe not this enough. guy. You, you yeah, not enough. But you were talking about earlier with the other guys and. and you and I have caught flack, uh, even from members when the uh, the uh, the Grid Network group chat. Right. They will remain nameless. Uh, you know, with this whole Josh Allen on Mahomes level, it's like I think Josh is amazing. He's not that guy. Um, we, we're going to start looking at guys like Mahomes. I'm sorry, like um, like Allen, like Lamar. Burrow right. got him one time, but that's it. So some of these guys, as oh, they're just not good enough. They can't win the big game. When in reality, was it that Charles Barkley and 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 Patrick yeah. Ewing, Reggie Miller, all these guys yeah. couldn't? It's Michael Jordan. You're gonna, when you run to that guy, it's yep. what I found so impressive is that this is the weakest the Chiefs have ever been offensively in the Mahomes yep. era, and you still have to play perfectly to beat them. Now, a lot of that's because their defense, but it's usually good. it's like, man, they're going to score third in you. We got to keep pace. Right. It's like, no, they're just going to make a few plays at the end. And real quick, we can show uh, Mahomes' numbers when coming from behind uh, real quick. So down by 10 or more regular season playoffs, he wins over half his games. Nobody in history does that. We could show, yeah. show him and Brady when trailing by seven or more in the playoffs. Mahomes is 9-2 and two and trailing by seven or more. Brady's 10-11, which is very impressive, but still 9-2 wow. is crazy. Everybody else wins 23%. Mahomes trailing by 10 or more in the playoffs. He's 5-2. and two. Everybody else is 8-55. Wow. and 55. And then finally, uh, Mahomes trailing by 10 or more in the Super Bowl. He's 3-1. and one. Brady's 2-1. and one. Everyone else is 2-47. and 47. Wow. Those two wins, Doug Crazy Williams stat. and Drew Brees. He's, he's the, listen, as great of a comeback artist as Tom is, and we know Tom's the greatest ever, and, and Mahomes has got a ways to catch him. I right. think Mahomes has surpassed him that way in terms of just being this comeback king where there is no lead that's safe against him. I mean, I remember oh, that yeah. game against Houston. Oh, yeah. Remember that game against Houston years ago? It's 24 nothing with 10 minutes to go in the half. Chiefs going the halftime uh, with with the lead, like it's mm -hmm. he's he's incredible. So just what can you say about Patrick and, and what he did with his arm and by the way with his legs leading the team in rushing as well? I mean, Patrick Mahomes is and he's entering that Jordan esque type of atmosphere. I mean, he's that guy. Like literally, when when they were got when they got down ten, and I was like, that's that's they might as well not even be down. Like that's not even a lead to be proud of if you're a Niners fan. Like, and I was watching it with my son, and I was at my friend's house, and I was like. They're, they're gonna come back. Like he didn't play well early, right? They were all flustered. You can tell. Like he was coming to the sideline. He looked a little bit flabbergasted, right? But then when it's crunch time, when it's winning time, 
that's when he that's when he does what he needs to do and and and, and that's what separates him from a lot of these greats like like you look at Lamar how how Lamar won the MVP but Lamar kind of chokes in the biggest spots Josh Allen sometimes chokes in the biggest spots like you know uh, uh, uh Patrick Mahomes he's as cool as the other side of the pillow man and there's not much more I can say I'm getting to the point now where I'm like I'm almost leaning being a Chiefs fan because I, I like greatness and I know yes. pe- members of our grid family they were like oh I don't want to see the Super Bowl but how man like this is this is like watching the greatest pe- person in, in in one of the greatest right in your sport if there was an artist or something going to work like that's what we want to see i don't want to see who wants to see jared goff in the niners or or you know like who wants to see that like to me i don't i mean and it's a great story for detroit but man i want to see patrick mahomes because he's an artist now it it didn't look pretty and this is the first time actually he's thrown for over 300 yards in a super bowl which i I found out ironic because my friend showed me that stat and i was like really i thought he's he's thrown for over 300 yards before but he finally did it but when you when they got that ball in overtime, I and you, you and I, I know it's your show, but I'm asking you the question now. But sure. I knew that they were going to go down and get that touchdown. There was no doubt in my mind that that was not going to happen, even though they had to convert a fourth and one and a couple third and ones. But there was no doubt in my mind. Once that ball got past midfield, I was like, "That's it. The Lombardi's going back to Kansas City because you're not stopping this dude." And that's one thing that. A lot of people don't realize what Patrick Mahomes is his leadership ability, right? You look yep. at the end of the regulation, and they also could have ended the game in, in regulation if he had hit Rasheed Rice instead of trying to throw that fade route to Kelsey because Rice was wide open, and he and and Rice was pit was mad, right? Yeah, yeah, they went out, yeah. Right, and Mahomes is like, no, nah, man, like I got you, like it's okay. You don't see guys like Dak doing that type of stuff. Dak is very passive about things like that, and that's yep. what I love about Patrick Mahomes, and that's why I'm a fan. I used to be mad at like the Patriots when they were winning. Right. But as I got older, I got more mature. I like stability. I like organization. These are things that are cool to me. Now, when I was young, I wasn't, I wasn't very fascinated by that. Right. But I look at these guys like Patrick Mahomes and it's like, dude, like they're great. And I could watch him play in a Super Bowl every year. And I'd be okay with that because he's one of the best players, if not the best player in the national football league today, not Lamar Jackson. And the reason why Lamar Jackson won that award is because he had a couple good games against some really good playoff caliber teams, and that's it. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the National Football League. There, I said it. I, I don't know if I'd have given it to, to him this year, but I understand what you're saying. Just in, in totality, he's absolutely in totality, the he's the best. Yeah, no question, no question. And, and but you know, to go back to what you were saying about uh, you know, did I think that they were going to win overtime? I, I felt like after San Francisco took the ball uh, to start the the overtime period. I'm like, okay, Mahomes is going to find a way to lead him down uh, and go win this one. The only time where I got a little dice, he was the fourth down. I see him line up and shotgun. I'm like, oh my God, well, yeah. are they going to throw it here? Uh, and, but again, it's, it's another Andy Reid play. Call, play. It's a great play call to, to really just fool Even the Even the play to win the game, dude. People don't realize they ran that same play last year against Twice. the Eagles. Twice. Twice. Yes, to, to Tony and, and to Sky Moore. It was mm-hmm. like, like Romo said after the game, is the Andy Reid special. That this, and how... How Andy Reid can create so much separation. Like, I don't think people realize how condensed the field gets down there and the guys is. are that wide open. That is master play calling against and, a defensive. And that's why you want to see these guys in the Super Bowl, man. You these guys are high-level experts. Yep. This is what you want. You don't want to see amateurs in the biggest game, in the in the largest sports event in, uh, in America. You want to see Andy Reid and Mahomes doing their thing, man. That's what you want to see. 
I, I'm with you. I, I'm a guy who loves watching dynasties. I'm a guy who me too. Who likes I love to, it. And it, like to a certain degree, it's and, and it's and by the way, you know what it, it does, Ryan? It makes everybody step everybody else step their game up. It's exactly. like okay, like it, it like kind of what with with Golden State when Golden State had their run when Kevin Durant was there. Like right. you, you saw Minnesota go out and get Jimmy Butler. You saw the Rockets right. trying to put these teams together. Chris Paul trying like, to make moves, trying to make moves, trying to go mm -hmm. at, at the King. And you're I, I'm telling you, you're going to see a lot of these teams. I think Buffalo is going to be at the front of that list, really, really being aggressive and trying to get guys to to make the pieces work this offseason. Yeah. Uh, when in reality, it feels like Kansas I think we're going to see a free peak. I really do. I, I think, think there's. I think they're going to do it, man. I I'm not worried about anybody in the AFC. I'm really not because they're all going to fall on their face again. The only team I would be concerned about if I'm the Chiefs is Cincinnati because yeah, Joe Burrow is the only guy to go other than Tom Brady, right? And he's retired, so you ain't got to worry about him. Joe Burrow is the only active quarterback that has gone into Arrowhead and defeated the King. And they almost would have done it again, you know, the, not last year, but the year before when, yeah. you know, so, you know, he's the only guy. And the NFC, I know you're talking about the Niners. Honestly, I think the NFC is a little bit more challenging. Honestly, I, I really do. I think I think Green Bay is going to be much more improved. Um, Detroit will be around. Um, you know, I like I'm the Rams. Who's that? I like the Rams. But, oh yes, the Rams. Young, you team. can't count out Philly because you know Philly is good at making moves. They they will yeah. correct themselves quickly, right? You know, you you see you you see that with their organization. The Cowboys will be around, but let's let's be real. We're not going to take the Cowboys seriously. I don't take them seriously. So. But, but, you know, they'll be jockeying in there for, you know, but the AFC, excuse me, the NFC West is not going to be this, this like, oh my God, because Seattle's a one quarterback away, right? I think they got a really good head coach, right? So yeah. you know, I, I think it's going to be a tougher road for the Niners versus the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs just have to worry about the Bengals. If the Bengals stay healthy, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about Lamar. He, he is what he is at this point. And who, I'm not worried about Miami because they can't play in the cold anyway, right? So who else do they have to worry about? Not the Texans. Texans ain't there yet. Although I like CJ you know, Stroud. So you've been a Texas guy for a while. Yeah. I, I haven't been I like what they're doing, but man, it's gonna Michael the great the playmaker said it best this morning on Undisputed when asked about his percentage. He said 150% <laughs> that they will be back in the Super Bowl and possibly winning it. And honestly, I'm right there with them because they that that combination is just too good. And listen, think about it. They're gonna go and add on some guy, somebody they're gonna go out and get whether it's Stefan Diggs. Some other receiver is going to come out there. If 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 he's if he threw for over three thousand yards with scrubs, right, quote unquote scrubs, what's going to happen if he goes and gets actual talent? I could see, it, and I think Rasheed Rice is going to get better as time goes on. I think yeah. he's got a potential to be really uh, a really nice player. Um, but yeah, like he, like I think DeAndre Hopkins is a possibility. Like he's That's not going to stay in Tennessee; they're in rebuilding. And that defense is young now. The, uh, Chris Jones is going to get paid. I think Chris Jones will walk. Oh gosh, yeah, you have to. He's got his Super Bowls now. He's looking oh, yeah. to get that extra paycheck. Somebody's like someone like the Cowboys is going to overpay him, and he's going to be a flop, right? But but, no, but I think Kansas City's keeping him, Ryan. There's no way. But yeah, they're going to have to. But yeah. if, if not then they still got the corners, man. Like I knew that they were going to match up well with the 49ers because they have those corners back there. Yeah. And but, I thought Sneed, Sneed was fine. Um, but I thought, I thought McDuffie played. McDuffie was, oh my God. He was and he's a California kid like me and St. John Bosco. And I watched him go. play in high school. I watched him when, when he went to Washington and when they got him, I was like, they got a baller for sure. So this team, man, and, and you know, Patrick was all about winning. If he's got to take a pay cut or restructure some stuff, He's going to do what he has to do. That's why I don't get into these co the contract talks because at the end of the day, these guys will restructure and they'll do what they need yeah. to do if they want to continue to win.
That's it. And, and obviously, you talk about Mahomes being unselfish. And, uh, and do you have any takes? Well, real quick, we got we got a couple comments. Sure. Uh, yeah, we got, oh, we got, we got uh, some time. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I don't know if I agree with Patrick here. He says Niners defense was about as bad as I've ever seen. Couldn't get one stop whatsoever. I thought this was the Niners' best defensive performance in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, it was. It was good. I, and when Greenlaw went down, that was big for them. You how, know, Pat, how how much crappy luck was that, Ryan? You I know mean, what? From, from, on the field. Yeah, it, it does suck. But from 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 my athlete, athletic standpoint, I feel like Achilles sometimes is 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 bad habits in your practicing and your stretching. Really, and, and at some point, it's going to just go. And as you saw, as he was getting ready to take the field, he was kind of like doing like a bouncing type of yeah. type of motion, and it just snapped. And and I went back and watched some of their old practice clips, and he's always overextending his leg like that. And so you're putting a lot of tension on the Achilles, and at some point it's going to go. And that's exactly, unfortunately, it happened in the biggest game of his career. Um, but it, it's definitely sad. But I, I, I wouldn't say the Niners' defense. I thought the Niners' defense played pretty well. For the most part, they got after the quarterback tremendously. I think the offense let them down because they – how many times did they force the, 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 the Chiefs to a three and out early in that game and they just could oh, not yeah. convert touchdowns? They're trading field goals for touchdowns. And not to mention that blocked um, extra point that would have went them go up four instead of oh, three. Like huge. that's another thing too, right? So you can't really put that on the defense. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love Patrick. I usually agree with him, but in that situation, I just can't. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's shout out to Patrick as well. Write some great stuff for the grid. I, I think Steve Wilkes, you know, he kind of called out his defense a couple weeks ago like that. And like, yeah. I'm sure you listen, you watch as much tape as, as, as anybody out there. I'm sure you saw that the terrible effort by Chase Young, especially in yeah. the NFC title game. It's like, what's going on? Chase Young was great. He played, well yesterday. he played pretty he, decently yesterday. He did, and 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 so like San Francisco kind of did their job, except obviously at the end. Uh, our guy Tim Boston Sports Summit. I'm clearly biased, but I don't want to see Mahomes and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That's because you're having to live the experience that the rest that of everyone did. else had Patriots. to live through for that's, 20 that's, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, the last person, Tim's my guy. Shout out to Tim, new newest member of the grid. Uh, we don't want to hear from you, Tim. Okay, we don't want to hear from you. Not on um, that. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. on that. Uh, not on that, but uh, let me ask you this: Any take on that? We'll, we'll play it one more time. Any take on the the whole uh, Mahomes Reed uh, situation? I'm sorry, the the Kelsey Reed situation here. You know, um, listen, I, I know they have a really good relationship. It's almost like a father son type of thing because, like you said, they came in in the same year, and Kelsey had some immaturity or maturity problems, and Reed kind of helped develop him. I'm I'm a little old school. I I, I don't. I would never. I would have never approached the coach and bumped them like that. Maybe might have yelled in the background, but I would have never challenged a, an authoritative figure like that. That's just me. I don't even allow that with my players and and, and coaching this new generation of athletes. You get a lot of that. And and, and credit to Andy Reid because you know what he. You have to be a little bit. Uh, what's the word? Um, Skinned. Things get inflexible because you got to be able to reach these guys because, and that's one of my problems that I struggle sometimes too, is being a coach is that I'm very rigid. I'm very black and white. There's no gray with me. Like it's, I'm telling you, and that's how it's going to be. And if you got a problem, there's the door or there's the, the, ent the exit, right? So uh, kudos yeah. to Andy Reid being 60 plus years old and having that ability to be not as rigid. Like you kind of mentioned so beautifully earlier with the Bill Belichick, right? Um, Bill Belichick would have been like, you're done. I don't care. Period. That's it. And he did that to Malcolm Malcolm Butler, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. So um I, I was it a big deal? No, I don't think it was a big deal because I we understand their relationship. And not only now, if it was another player, obviously Andy Reid probably would have been, you know, you, you can't do that. But I've heard coaches do a lot of coaches will say this. I may treat other guys differently, but I'll treat all of you fairly. 
and and that happens a lot on teams. Okay, so guys like Kelsey Mahomes, they get a little bit longer rope, right? Uh, versus some other guys, you know. And so if that was like a fifth rounder guy who's barely in the rotation, like a Kadarius Tony, right? Who was a healthy scratch, sure. he's done, right? But Travis Kelsey, and, and I like that about Kelsey. I, I, I look, and I don't care what people say. He was upset because his girlfriend was in the building, and he only had like one <laughs> at that point. Okay, like I, I know that they came back, and it was like no, because I was like, bro, if my girlfriend flew all the way from Japan, thirteen Man. hours, however long it was, and I'm only touched the rock once on like a tight end screen. Come on, and this other guy Watson, who's getting the ball like every second yep. we 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 look up, like heck yeah, I'm getting pissed off while I'm not getting the rock, right? Yeah, so they're not gonna say that, but. I know I'm I'm a man, and if my girlfriend, or my wife was in the building, I want to touch that rock. I want to I want to show out for her on the biggest stage, over 200 million people watching. Come on! <laughs> I don't totally disagree with you there. I don't totally disagree with you, Ryan. There's, there's probably probably some truth to that because I mean, listen, I mean, like I said earlier, like if, if you're not going to throw me the ball and get me the get me involved, get get the rock involved, as you yeah. said, um, at least have me in for our big run plays down the red zone. This isn't Something. second. Five from the your own thirty or something right. like this is these are game. I mean that could have cost them the game the fumble down the, in, the, in the red zone because those 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 red zone turnovers bite you double. Um, there's no question about that. So um, I, I'm totally with you there. But um, let, let, let me ask you this real quick because I know you were yeah. talking about Taylor Swift a little bit in the whole. Did you hear a lot about the different like Illuminati things with the number thirteen and? No, I have not tried to pay much attention to that. All right, so there there was a lot going into the game. I'm not going to go through all of them, right? Because sure. I know you're, you're up against it, right? But but I found it odd, odd, very very freakishly actually. So her album is thirteen, right? I believe, right? That's the name of her album. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs won the game on their thirteenth drive. And that drive took 13 plays. Taylor Swift, that's the top. That's why I wasn't picking against them, man. The Swifty power is too strong. Nobody can overcome it. Only our Lord and Savior is the only one that can come down. Facts. Amen. And that's it. That's it. So I just wanted to impart that with anyone because my, my friend brought that up to me. Oh, my wife brought it up to me. And I was like, no, there's no way. So I'm looking, I'm like, so I'm counting the drives. And I was like, one, two, 12. And then the last one was 13. And I was like, and then I happened to look down and says, 13 play drive. And you know what? The halftime show was 13 minutes. Brock Purdy, number 13, five plus eight, Super Bowl 58. Right. That's and the Niners had never won a Super Bowl with a, with a quarterback with an odd jersey number. That's true. Yeah, Montana and Young. That's right. Yeah, good point. There you go. So, you're muted now. I think your I think your mic is out. I think your mic's out. Let's see. Let's see. I think we may have, we may have lost Ryan Flowers for a second. No, your mic's out. Uh, at the last second, he, I know he was making a great point just now. I know he was. I've I've got nothing. Um, let's see. I no, I still got nothing, Ryan. You may have to unplug your mic Hello? just for this. Yep, I got you. Got you. All right, there All you right, are. All right. I, I was saying, yeah, like, yeah, saying about I was saying that's what I do at Clutch Sports Talk, man. We go through the details. We find from everything from on right. the field and off the field, right? So, but I just wanted to leave you with that because I thought that was very interesting. Um, because I wasn't trying to get wrapped up in that whole Taylor Swift stuff, and then the and then like the flight hours from Tokyo to Vegas yeah. is 13 hours. Right. This was her 13th game that she's been to for the Chiefs. There's all these uh, Super Bowl 58, eight plus five is what? 13. The Chiefs were the third seed. The Niners were the one seed. You put it together. That's 13. It's like there was no way. So I went to, when I put my bet in, 
I, that's what I use. I use no analyticals from the actual game. I went into my William Hill app and shout out to William Hill, right? They make it easy for me to bet from home. And, and I, I was like, you know what? I'm betting the Chiefs, not because of Patrick Mahomes, because it's too many things that relate to Taylor Swift. And I know people don't want to hear that, but it's a fact. Don't bet against Taylor Swift and her man. No, you don't bet against Taylor Swift. You don't bet against <laughs> Travis Kelsey. You don't get bet against Mahomes. Uh, last question before we let you get out of here. Shout out to sure. Ryan Flowers, host of Clutch Sports Talk. You got anything cooking for this draft in a, uh, about two and a half? Yeah, months? you know, I know, I, I do. Know. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I did last week. I do my Clutch Combine videos. I love making those. Um, just kind of, and it's funny. I went back and looked at a lot of the guys that I looked at, and a lot of them they 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 did exactly what they were gonna what I said they were gonna do, or at least build up to it right so so that was pretty rewarding to see that so um the, the draft stuff some quarterback stuff of course i got to get into that especially with the quarterbacks that are coming out this year it's not i don't think it's that much of a knockdown i don't think caleb williams is the guy so i may i might be one of the only few people on the internet that that does not believe he is what he is um and so i'll, I'll have to go back and watch the tape on him um, but I'll be working on that. But, you know, the summertime is cool. You know, you got the the draft and combines and stuff like that. So that's what I'll be looking at. Uh, and then free agency, obviously. And then the schedule dropping, I believe, like in April or something like that. So yep. um, even though the season's done, we never settle, right? Because the work is never done here on the Grid Network and especially not on uh, the Clutch Sports Talk NFL Sunday Wake Up. There's not a better NFL show out there than Clutch Sports Talk every Sunday. You did a great job throughout the, the course of the season. Looking forward to seeing your offseason content, con combine draft free agency, the whole bit. Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk. Appreciate you taking some time every day, man, to, to join the show. Uh, and yeah. here's to a great another great football season. It is, man. Pleasure seeing you, my brother. God bless you and take care, man. We're saying back at you. Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk. Awesome stuff once again. By the way, Ryan was with uh, was with me for the Carving It Up uh, NFL kickoff show uh, to begin the season, which we, we've done that the last three years, going back to 21, 20, 2021, 2022, and then we did one uh, this past time. Uh, and so uh, yeah, one of the best one of the best overall human beings out there and a great, great show as well. Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk. Please be sure to check his stuff out on the Grid Network as well as on his personal. Subscribe to Clutch Sports Talk, the YouTube channel, by the way. Shout out to Ryan Flowers. Another comment here by Patrick. Do the Niners need a quarterback to really get over the hump? Is Brock Purdy the answer? Well, anytime you ask the question, not you, Patrick, but the general you, anytime you ask the question about whether we want to upgrade, like quarterback, coach, those are the two biggest components. Obviously, the Chiefs are an A++++ at both. Anytime you ask the question about whether or not you're going to move on from the guy you have, ensure you have an upgrade. See, Kirk Cousins is a free agent this offseason. Now, while I think Kirk is a little bit better than Brock, I think Brock fits the 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 system more because he is more mobile. Kirk's, I guess Kirk has a better arm than Purdy, but still Purdy doesn't have a bad arm. And plus, Kirk's coming off an Achilles surgery. Justin Fields is on the market. Justin Fields is a great athlete, not a great uh not great mechanically, not as good as Purdy in that regard, who's not close to the athlete that Fields is. So listen. It's kind of what I've said for years. Anytime people are like, oh, you got to trade Dak, move on from Dak. I'm like, can you get it? Can you upgrade? Yeah, you're going to go with Trey Lance. Trey Lance, who couldn't even work in the Shanahan system. If you can't work in Kyle Shanahan's system, man, I don't know what to tell you. All right? He makes that. Jimmy Garoppolo looks like something, you know, with, with, with Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, Purdy's been even better. So, and the same goes with the coaches. Like, everybody wants to fire all these guys. Well, can you upgrade? So that's, I mean, if there were a, like Tom Brady in 2020. Like when Tom Brady was on the market. Yeah, if there was a guy like that, 
if, if Tom Brady say we just reverse engineer his whole career and he's he's 40, whatever he was, 42-ish, uh, by the time that off this offseason rolls around, you have to have to start having some, some some serious conversations. And some are like, uh, oh, we gotta, uh, you know, we, we can't do revisionist history. Listen, folks, go back and listen to March 2020 shows when it was COVID and there was nothing to talk about. I said from the jump, Tom ain't done. It's the system in New England that's failing him. And Year one won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. So Tom really said, I mean, Tom was already great, but Tom further cemented his legacy by getting number seven. He, of course, has more championships than any individual franchise. Before we get into Taylor Swift, I did want to mention this as well. Another reason I was rooting against the Niners, and Ryan laid out the Taylor Swift uh, component too as well. And he can't bet against Taylor. I'm about to talk about her uh, and the overall sort of television product in just a second. But I think what is... I was I was watching that game rooting against San Francisco because had they won the game, they would have tied Pittsburgh and New England with six Super Bowls. Now, as a Steelers fan, new Steelers fan, admittedly, but that's something you take pride in as a Steelers fan. Man, we got more championships than anybody. It's like being a Celtics fan or a Lakers fan. Warriors are third, by the way. Um, but it's like New England's got the six, but it's like, yeah, it's not like there's an asterisk. I'm not taking away from anything New England did, obviously. They got just as many as we do. But it's like, yeah, but they had the greatest quarterback ever. I can I can live with that. Can't live with San Francisco. I get it's just, and I got nothing against San Francisco. I think the organization's phenomenal. I've spoken. I mean, there's a reason they were among one of my top two teams. I, you know, was decided between between the Niners and and the Steelers. But um, I didn't want it to be a three way tie. I didn't want that. And the Patriots aren't winning anything anytime soon. So yeah, you, know, you don't have to worry about that. You know, Packers were two behind us. Uh, Kansas City, of course, Kansas City could catch us for it's all said and done. So there you go. I mean, they got four now because they won one in the late, late 60s, early 70s, I think it was, <clears throat> excuse me, with Lynn Dawson at quarterback. And I forget the coach's name. But remember the coach for Kansas City? You see on these mic'd ups and these NFL films. Uh, what does he say? He says, um, keep matriculating the ball down the field, boys. What was his name? I'm blanking now. He's a great coach, though. I know he got the Chiefs to two Super Bowls. They won one uh, in 19. The Chiefs actually played in the very first Super Bowl, and then they won in the early 70s. Uh, did not win until Mr. Mahomes came into the building. So, shout out to Kansas City. Great fan base, too. You know, great city, Kansas City. So, shout out to them. All right. So, there's a lot of uncomfortable people out there with this whole Taylor Swift thing. And, and I detailed it. And uh, and to a much larger degree than I'm doing so today, if if anybody wants to see my Taylor Swift people going, losing their, just losing their minds in these whole Taylor Swift discussions, all intelligence and intellect and, and nuance and reason just goes out the door and people start talking about Taylor Swift in regards to her being terrible for the NFL. Oh my God, can't stand Taylor Swift. You don't have to love her music. I'm not a crazy fan of her music. I like a few of her songs. Uh, I like her more as a human being than anything. But, you know, Taylor Swift is this big liability for the overall television product. And, and I talked about how during the Kansas City Chiefs playoff games that Taylor had been on screen uh, in the Chiefs broadcast, which were like nine, the three playoff games before the Super Bowl were like nine hours, about nine and a half hours long. And Taylor Swift was shown on screen out of those nine and a half hours for like two and a half minutes. Well, Yesterday, in a game that went to overtime. So the broadcast lasted four hours and eight minutes. Taylor Swift was shown for 54 seconds. 
in four hours and eight minutes, which is down from a percentage standpoint. She was shown during the Ravens game for 0.4% of the broadcast. By the way, I detailed this barely more than, was it Crab Cakes and the Baltimore Aquarium? Barely more than that. Just a few seconds longer. Okay. In this one, that went down. Taylor, who's, let's be real, in a stadium packed with stars in Las Vegas. Obviously, you had Usher, and you had Alicia Keys, and you had Lil John. Turned down for what? Uh, you had uh, Ludacris. You had her was was performing. You had LeBron was there, and Jay-Z was there, and all these celebrities and all these great players, Mahomes and Kelsey and the Niners. There was no bigger star in that building than Taylor Swift. And she was not shown on screen for a full minute combined. Not to mention the fact that while the numbers are not out now, and trust me, when they do come out, we'll discuss that on Wednesday's show, the full ratings have not come out yet. I'm sure there's, the, the NFL and everybody are starting to, is trying to gather, okay, what's the cable ratings? What's the streaming? Nickelodeon was involved. Like, what's how many people watched the Super Bowl in totality? Paramount Plus, I think, did the Super Bowl as well because they're involved with CBS. And, but they're already looking at it. And thus far, according to Forbes, this is, I'm looking at the Forbes article right now on my laptop. Okay. So this says, this is what the Forbes article says. And the, and the headline is, did the Super Bowl set a ratings record? Here's what it will have to beat. So this is from Forbes. Intrigue around the attendance of Taylor Swift, the second ever in this season game to make it to overtime, and rumors of a halftime appearance by just by Justin Bieber are expected to have driven viewership of the Kansas City Chiefs' second consecutive Super Bowl victory into record-breaking territory, potentially overtaking last year's big game as the most-watched Super Bowl ever. And get this. And creeping toward the broadcast viewership record Set by the 1969 moon landing, which landed 150 million viewers. This game may reach that. One of the most historic moments in the history of this country, in the history of science, in the history of the world, is man, Neil Armstrong, landing on the moon. This may reach that, okay, when you total cable, when you total streaming, all that. So, and of course, Taylor had, had an impact on it. Kansas City's win over Baltimore was the most watched AFC championship game ever. And by the way, if it's on this, I read multiple articles and like the ratings and whatnot. Uh, if we, I think it's on this Forbes article, if we have it. Uh, yes. So this says, this is from Forbes. I got a bunch of notes from this. This says the Super Bowl stands to be the culmination of an already record-breaking year for NFL games. Matchups during the 2023 regular season drew an average of 17.9 million viewers. Nielsen data shows a year-over-year -year increase of 7% and the most since 2015. The ratings growth, Forbes continues, continued in the postseason. The 12 playoff games leading up to Sunday's Super Bowl averaged 38.5 million viewers on TV and streaming platforms, according to the Associated Press, which is an increase of 9% and the most watched postseason over the last 35 years. So that would go to the 80s. So, and Taylor had an impact on it from the Kansas City side. And by the way, and I've, I've talked about this for like a month. I did two carving up the context segments, one specifically on Taylor and one where I alluded to Taylor and her uh, impact from a ratings perspective is that you have new audiences watching the NFL. This is the most watched regular season since they started tracking the stat in the year 2000 
among women. Most watched regular season ever, or most watched NFL season ever among women. Of course, Taylor had an impact. She has, She's the most famous, might be the most famous human being in the world, certainly the most famous woman in the world uh, at this particular moment in time, and that doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. And so, and you have younger audiences. It was the most watched NFL season among uh, ages 18 to 34 uh, in the last five years. So, the NFL's never been more popular among women, among young people, and isn't that kind of the goal is to grow the game? I mean, for crying out loud, baseball's audience is pretty centered. It's mostly people over the age of 40 or 50. The game hasn't changed. Matter of fact, the talent is better now. But baseball struggles to market their game to a younger audience. Now here comes Taylor Swift. She's dating, oh, I don't know, one of the best players in our sport, a future Hall of Famer, probably the greatest player in the history position. Yeah, this may help us a little bit. And the NFL, as any smart business corporation would do, took advantage of that. With the part of it was with the with the Peacock situation that everybody got up in arms about. I think people kind of overreacted to that. Uh with the Dolphins game, the first playoff game against Miami, is that more people are watching the game now more than ever. Taylor's had an impact on that. And this Super Bowl may challenge the 69 moon landing as the most watched television broadcast of all time, at least here in the U.S. I mean, but yeah, you boycotted the NFL. All right, sport. Let's see, we got some comments up in here. Grady Edwards, what's up, Grady? Would have been funny if Taylor Swift got on stage last night and said, congratulations to the Chiefs, go vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, that was what everybody say. Ah, she's going to, these mostly conspiracy theories, by the way. Uh, she's going to, she's dating Travis Kelsey. It's a psyop to get Biden reelected. And, and I loved what, listen, you don't have to agree with the president's policies. And the president, by the way, is in some hot water right now with this recent new report that came out. That's another conversation for a whole other podcast genre. But when Joe, uh, when our president made the joke about, hey, mission accomplished, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought that was got kind of funny to, to poke fun at it. But listen, Taylor, and by, by like, like Taylor, when she was shown on screen for the Ravens game, like they showed her, she, she was like, go away. Like she's barely being shown at all, if not even for a full minute. And she's like, ah, I just want to watch Travis. Okay. And she was with, um, she was with Blake Lively with Ice Spice. Uh, I, listen, maybe I'm not as plugged into the, to the Swifty world as I should be. I had no idea her and Ice Spice were friends. I had no idea. Uh, but hey, listen, there you go. You know, Taylor's, Taylor's got connections uh, all, all over the place. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, yeah, my, my, my mom just texted me. She's, uh, and she's 100% right. My mom is a massive Swifty. She's not a mean girl. She's supportive as a friend and a girlfriend. That's, like that's and that's the thing. Again, I talked about this all last week. Everybody can go check it out. It's on YouTube. That the hate for Taylor as a human being, as an individual, I don't get. Okay, she she's a ultra talented, ultra famous person. And then for for some people, this is what bothers them. What I'm about to say, who leans left? Okay, all right. Like, listen, uh, Tom Brady. I'm almost, listen, I've, I've had, like, there's a lot of sources about a potential friend. I don't want to go so far as say friendship, but they know each other well enough to where they're in each other's contacts from this has been sourced. I'm almost certain Tom Brady is friends with Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida. I'm almost certain of it. Okay. He, he you know, Tom leans conservative. Okay, big deal. Cool. Taylor leans, leans liberal. Doesn't bother me. I don't like them any less. Call me crazy. I judge people on their character more than I do their politics. You know, that stuff. That stuff, uh, uh, people get really tribal about this stuff. 
Grady, congrats to the Chiefs. Don't really blame the Niners other than them not stopping the Chiefs. I don't blame Kyle very much. Casey got Mahomes. Sam Fran did it. It's that simple. One of the greatest games I've ever seen in sports. You are right on the money on that, Grady. That that was... And Ryan hit it on the nail on the head. Like, it was kind of a slow start. Ah, it's not that interesting. It's like somebody's bound to break through. And it's... Listen, that was the ultimate. It, it was so great. Like, so many times... Oh, the Chiefs have pulled away. Oh, no, 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 no the Niners are pulled away. The Chiefs are going to win. No, the Niners are going to win. The, the the ebbs and flows of that game is everything you could possibly want in a Super Bowl. Listen, the three winners of this game, the Chiefs and everybody associated with them, the NFL, obviously, and CBS, the fact that they did the game. What a game, man. What a way to end the NFL season. It was a great year. You know, my, my, my goal, every, one of my biggest goals for carving up live little bit of a look into my personal sort of what makes me tick. One of my biggest goals is to is to not miss a show during the NFL season. NFL season NBA playoffs it's like okay, I cannot. I got to be I got to like a couple of years ago in the playoffs 2022 I came down with the flu. I'm not doing a show with the flu. I felt terrible. Okay? It's got to take something like that to keep me off this show or some, you know, other personal situation. Second straight year that I've gone the whole NFL season, you know, and done every show because like you can't, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. It's, it's some, it's, he's the best players in the world. And listen, I love college football the way everybody else does love college football. It ain't this, it ain't this. We don't get games like this overwhelmingly in college football. Obviously the talent is way better. The coaching is miles better. College football doesn't have that many great coaches. That's why Jim Harbaugh stands out. Yeah. Yeah, Grady. People are always looking. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. This is why I said earlier in the show, Grady. People are always looking for someone to blame. I would have made the same overtime possession decision the Niners did. I think you want to score, then make the other team feel pressure to follow up. So I actually like Kyle Shanahan's decision there. I did it, but again, that was in, again. This is in real time. This is no, you know, as well as anybody, Grady, and, and hopefully the audience does as well. I don't believe in revisionist history. I think that's I, I think that's kind of nonsense. Um, but not that I don't believe in the concept. Of it. I don't believe it. I, I don't like when people do it. Is that my mindset is I'm kicking to Kansas City if they score, which they did there, and who knows, maybe the Chiefs, whatever happens, every every decision impacts every play differently. But if Kansas City goes down and scores, then my mindset of San Francisco is, okay, we're going to score and we're going to go for two. Like, my thing is, if we stop them, which the Chiefs did, it looked like, and then there was the, I think there was a holding call on, on, on Snead or, or some sort of penalty on Snead that kept the drive going where the Niners got the field goal in OT, where stop them, field goal wins it. Right, we're good. Same, basically same mindset as the old overtime rules. Whereas now, okay, it's in the playoffs. Again, and this overtime rule only applies to the playoffs, which I, like I said earlier, I like that the NFL sort of compromised on that where they're not going to have it in the regular season when it's Kenny Pickett versus Case Keenum. Stop. Like, we, we can't do that. Playoffs, though, you get great quarterbacks, or at least in the case of Purdy, good quarterbacks. We'd all agree he's good. And great teams overall. It's the Super Bowl for crying out loud. It's the two best teams left. And you let them decide it. But, and by the way, in your defense, Grady, and in Kyle Shanahan's defense, it almost worked. If not for Chris Jones blowing up that play, as, as Ryan talked about in overtime, if Chris Jones doesn't blow up that plate, Niners score, and then maybe Kansas City, Andy Reid indicated after the game that they would have gone for two had the Niners scored that first possession, uh, assuming the Chiefs would have scored after that. But who knows? So there's little plays. It's tiny stuff. Again, strategically, I would have I, I would have deferred to ensure that the game is in my hands. I, I My fate is I determine it. 
rather than obviously to determine if you're playing defense, but come on, it's, it's an offensive game. It's a quarterback's game. Uh, and certainly with these two coaches an offensive play callers game, but, but nonetheless, it wasn't a, like a, a crazy decision, but my, my, my biggest thing with Kyle, really my only thing with Kyle is not knowing the overtime rules. That's it. That that's my only knock against Shanahan in, in general, but, uh, there you go. What a game. What a game. I, I barely even got to talk about Usher. Uh, then I'll talk about Usher and I'll get out of here. See, I, I, I'm of, of the mindset. I think the Super Bowl two years ago, the Super Bowl halftime show with Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Mary J, Fiddy, and Kendrick. I always felt like Prince had the greatest halftime show ever. Prince, God rest his soul, was awesome in Miami all those years ago. In the rain, singing Purple Rain. It, it doesn't get more iconic than that. That surpassed it in my mind. And I, I think I said it at the time, like, this is the best I've ever seen. And and I anybody that has Prince, number one, I, I get it. He, he was showstopper. That's who Prince was. But I just thought that was the collaborative effort. Dre over the whole thing. It was great. I thought last year's was really, really good. I thought Rihanna put on a great show. This year, I'm like, okay. First five, six minutes, I'm like, okay, it's fine. You know, Alicia Keys, all right, okay. Usher, uh, see what's up. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. And her and her kind of started to, to, to the artist known as her sort of started to turn the tides a little bit, you know, rocking the electric guitar. She does when Lil John came out there with turned down for what? It was over. It was over. I was the whole my living room watching my family. It was it, it was turnt. It was crazy up in there, you know, because as it, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Tennessee Vols. Well, you may know I'm a Vols fan. I got two helmets behind me here. But back in the day, Tennessee. 2015, 20 or 2014 and 15 seasons on third down at Neyland Stadium, they play third down for what? And the place would just go nuts. I I, I wish I wish Tennessee would bring it back because that was oh my gosh, the place went in it was deafening. And so like it holds a new special significance. I saw my man Joshua Dobbs, shout out to Joshua Dobbs, Space Dobbs, put out a tweet. He said, Oh, they're, they're playing third down for what? Uh so that that was great. And then Usher finished at the end the roller skates. Will I am was there as well. So Great performance. Uh, I give an 8 out of 10. It was kind of like the Super Bowl. A little bit of a slow start, finding the rhythm, and then just bam, strong finish at the end. So Jay-Z, yeah, did it again. He did it again. All right, that is all the time we have for today's loaded Super Bowl, day after Super Bowl show. Great game, great halftime, great pregame as well, festivities, uh, postgame, the whole bit. Everything you could ask for to end this phenomenal 2023 NFL season. Be sure to catch Carving Up Live on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time, right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. Also, by the way, real quick, shout-out to Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk, taking time out of his busy day to stop by Carving Up Live. Be sure to check out his show every Sunday morning, uh, the the NFL show. Oh, my mom just texted me Ludacris as well. Forgot about Ludacris. Thank you so much, Mom. Ludacris. Ludacris is great as well. Um... Yeah, great halftime show, great performance all the way around. Like I said, catch Carving Up Live um, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Twitter and on YouTube. And, of course, be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. Helps the channel grow exponentially. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. I set the goal before the season to get to 1,000 by the Super Bowl by February 11th. We didn't meet that goal, but nonetheless, the push for 1,000 continues. The push for 1K continues, so... Hit that bigger subscribe button if you have subscribed to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Your support means the world. Please tell your friends about it, your family about it, everybody but your sleeping cat. If you got a cat and he or she's sleeping, let them sleep. And then tell them about when they're done. Okay. 
I have a cat, so it's I understand the feeling. Uh, and again, if you have not subscribed, if you're on YouTube, just takes a couple seconds. Big red subscribe button right down there. Hit it, and you're part of the Carving It Up family. And just as importantly, be sure to go subscribe to the Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Podcast Network, right here on YouTube, as well as any and everywhere you get your favorite podcast, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, any and everywhere that you get your favorite podcasts. Bittersweet. A great game and no football for seven months, but if there's any athletes that deserve a long offseason, it is football players. And certainly none had longer seasons than the Niners and the Chiefs. Chiefs, back-to-back champions. That's the second time in the history of carving it up that I have correctly predicted the Super Bowl champion the preseason. My best prediction ever was 2020. I picked Tampa Bay to beat Kansas City before that season started. That's exactly what happened. I picked the Chiefs to go back-to-back, and sure enough, that is exactly what the champs did looking for a three-peat that which has never been done in the Super Bowl history. Oh, and by the way, since carving up live has been a thing, I have not missed a Super Bowl pick after going one and seven before that. Thank you, carving up live. Thank you, carving up live listeners. All right. See y'all Wednesday. Stay safe out there. God bless y'all. Peace out. How about those Chiefs and how about that, Mahomes, man? Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. And be sure to go click that big red subscribe button and check out the other clips and full shows from Carving It Up Live as well as our other incredible content creators here on the Grid Network.